Hello and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast for our penultimate episode where we preview the regular season NFL slate. I am, as ever, your host, Andy Davis, and this week I'm joined by a returning guest. Back with us today is Scott McCabe. Scott, how are you? How was your Christmas? Great. Fantastic Christmas, Andy. Full of football, full of uh, sweets and football, but a lot of fun. I think uh, Christmas dinner might have been cut short with the Chiefs game being on, um, but r- ran in to catch the end of that, and that was good fun. But yeah, lovely Christmas, but it's uh, it's time to, to kind of talk ball. We're getting into the real sort of nitty-gritty part of the year. Playoffs are on the horizon, and it's it's getting exciting, but uh, fantastic Christmas. But I, I mean, the eyes on the new year and, and week 17, so can't wait to get stuck into it. Yeah, I mean, it's that kind of year. I don't know whether you have the same issue as me of trying. I think a lot of NFL, NFL fans have this issue of trying to mix in family commitments with watching the games. I mean, it's we got, I think, better slightly because we have got what, earlier 6pm starts. We can have the whole day like like I did, you know, the whole day to spend with family. And then you can spend the evening and watch it. You, you can sort of almost get away with it. But I know with Premier League on Boxing Day, it was really hard because it was on like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock and... When your family want to play board games and card games, it's quite hard to then go. No, we're watching Newcastle Southampton, so it's um, yeah. It, I I think it's it's really hard, but at the same time, I think that it was you know really good for me watching that with my brother, being him being a Raiders fan. Um, and, you know, I think it was really cool watching that with him because you know I rarely get to watch NFL games with people. You know, all my friends hate the sport, so to get to watch at least two quarters of that game with my brother was really special, and and also getting to watch the last quarter with my brother. For a certain game that me and you both had close eyes on, a very good start to Christmas yes. Day. Um, quarter to midnight, I for think. Some, for some, for some good yeah. start to Christmas <laughs> Day. For other Cowboy fans like myself, it was not. Yeah. <laughs> well, for you, I mean, you, you got many teams. I mean, the Chiefs lost as well, yeah. the Cowboys yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, for the game, actually, did you get any, any NFL theme gifts? Um, any NFL, NFL theme gifts? I did. I got a, got a nice little American football keyring. I got a nice uh, kind of crew neck, a, a Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys one, vintage crew neck. Um, so it was well treated um, with, with the American football stuff. To be honest, I think after there's a number of years that I've asked for American football gear, and I think my family and friends are running out of stuff to get me at this point. So um, <laughs> I think we were a little limited this year, but uh, yeah, most most definitely uh, a lot a lot of gifts. And uh, it's just funny as, as as the year goes on. You know, back in the day, you'd probably be getting a, a Tom Brady jersey or an Aaron Rodgers jersey. Now it's a CJ Stroud and you know like a Mahomes jersey. You now it's just funny how the development of the game is is kind of going, and we're seeing that next generation of star players coming through yeah and it's amazing to think that we've only got one current active starting quarterback who's won a Super Bowl um, there's only only I believe only three players still active not retired are Rodgers Nick Foles and Mahomes oh uh, and Matt Stafford I forgot about him um, so there's, there's two not one but even so you know there's not many quarterbacks that have won a Super Bowl and I think the way it's going it might be a new quarterback winning a Super Bowl I, I think that I think we can never write out Mahomes but I think you know, it could be the mark could be could be that, could be, you know, could be Brock Purdy, could be in his, could be anyone. So I think it's really exciting to know what's going to happen. Um, and of course, we are here to talk all things week 17. Um, you know, we had week 16 last week with the boys from the Third and Long podcast. Um, so in total, myself and Shane Harris had 11 correct scores due to us both having Baltimore to win the game over the Niners. Both Ollie Butler Henson and Ollie Hope had nine correct scores from week 16 and then Phil Perrin had eight. So uh, overall puts them all pretty much in the middle of the leaderboard for the season. Still leading the way are Aaron Fletcher from a sleep at work and Keg from the Magpie channel with 13 correct scores from week 12 and week six respectively. And still the bottom is myself with six. 
uh, as well as Steve McGuinness with seven correct scores. Um, so, Scott, that's uh, marginally got to try that's and beat. Um, <laughs> I mean, my highest score is um, 12 from week six. So, if you're going against just me, that's what you've got to try and beat. You've got to thank right. for your full slate. Some people, middle of the season, had a few games less than others to make the predictions. But, yeah, you've got a big task to fill to try and win this leaderboard. Big, big task. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> um, so... Week 17 will start in Cleveland as the Cleveland Browns take on the Jets. For me, I think this is pretty easy. I'm going to go for the Cleveland Browns. The Jets' season's done. The Browns have still got a chance of a number one seed. Um, I think that the, there's nothing really going right for the Jets at all at the moment, whereas the Browns have uh, got an amazing running game at the moment. Amari Cooper, he's questionable, but he had an amazing game last time out and um, the defence is, is rocking. So, yeah, for me, the Browns. What about you, Scott? Completely agree with you, Andy. You've, you've taken the words out of my mouth there. The, the Cleveland Browns. I think this team is it's transformed under Joe Flacco. Like absolutely in, incredible performances that these. You, you know what? They're playing as a team, which is key. Um, the offense is clicking in ways that I think a lot of Browns fans haven't seen in a while, and it's it's amazing that it's come from the most kind of, um, you know. We, we weren't expecting this situation, Joe Flacco, to be starting week 17 for, for the Browns. We thought it'd be Deshaun Watson or even at that say if something happened to Deshaun Watson, it'd be Dorian Thompson Robinson, the, the rookie. Uh, but instead, it's it's Joe Flacco and, and himself and Amari Cooper have a strong connection. Also, David and Joku, the tight end, and it's be it's showing week in, week out. I mean, 11 receptions for Amari Cooper and he had 265 yards on touchdown. That's just outrageous. Also had him in my fancy football team. So many of those guys who had uh, Amari Cooper on the fantasy football team i hope you guys made it to the uh fantasy uh super bowl but um yeah look i'm going for cleveland they're also rock solid at home they're seven and one at home this season um the jets have the worst offense in the nfl the browns have the number one defense in yards allowed in the nfl it just makes sense to go cleveland so give me them and i uh, look out for uh jeremiah wosu Koromoya. i mean he leads the team in tackles he's he's making a statement every game he plays so yeah give me the browns the dog pound now, you mentioned fancy football. I have to address it. Apologies if I've already mentioned this, but we have had the conclusion of our charity fancy league. Uh, it was won by Sam Moores. He beat out the uh, Beardy Sports uh, or Beardy Footballs, uh, Trev Scott, with 134 to 20.26 to 89.22. So, Super Bowl Sunday will be a donation to against breast cancer um, and we obviously if you want to add to the pot anyone listening to this podcast DM me on social media and I can add that to the pot um, so yeah um, we are looking to to get that rolling um, and also while mentioning fans football Stefan Diggs I got bone to pick because he lost me about three leagues I was in three semi-finals <laughs> this weekend and he was in all of my my teams that I was in and every single one I lost and um Two of them I had Gabe Davis on the bench. That made it even more frustrating that, that I, had, I had Gabe Davis there. But um, yeah, Stefan Diggs, he might be traded in that Dynasty League because two of them are redraft, one of them with Dynasty. So mm. Stefan Diggs might be on the trade block. Um, <laughs> the next game is one close to your heart. It's Monday Night Football, yeah. but on a Saturday, after the mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys take on the Lions. Before we go into that, what was your take on the, on the Cowboys game against the Dolphins? Cowboys game against the Dolphins. I thought we were very sluggish, is, is my the best way I'll put it. I thought the defense, we performed well in, in certain aspects. We I felt we, we handled the run game very well. I mean, we contained Mostert for 48 yards, which I view as a win. 
um your run game is 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 impeccable it's one of the best in the league so to do that was a big statement for us but what the Dallas Cowboys keep doing consistently is hurting themselves with penalties and we keep doing it and it's just not good enough and we can't progress to that next level if we continue to make these minor mistakes and it, it's really disappointing because there's so much potential in this team and they just keep shooting themselves in the foot and, and and I feel like that happened in this in this Dolphins game I felt like we were right in it to the wire which we were and um, I feel like we do have the best uh, kicker in the NFL right now in Brandon Aubrey I mean that guy is just incredible so we know we're going to get our points automatically there so we get into field goal range it's like okay we, we can do something here but sometimes it just seems to be like punching it in is the issue with us I mean you saw Tony Pollard literally inches away from getting in and, and the Dolphins come up with a huge stop and suddenly that flips the game we try to run it in with our fullback and, and he fumbles the ball and suddenly the Dolphins get the ball back and drive up the field and so it's it's, it's errors like that it's, it's self-inflicted errors that, that keep causing the Cowboys to stumble through games and if we don't address them sooner rather than later we're, I, I can't I don't want to say it, but I see us struggling in the playoffs with these issues. Credit to the Dolphins. They they did look strong. Um I, I can't I can't knock them. I Tua had a good game in fairness to him against our, our solid defense. But yeah, definitely was a crushing loss for us. And that's back to back losses for the Cowboys now. Um my takeaway is that we gotta run the ball more. We just have to. Tony Pollard for twelve carries is just simply not good enough. He had like thirty something yards. It's it's simply not good enough. Um, Dolphins run defense is good. It's not that good though. It's not the Ravens. You should be able to run the ball against it. So very disappointing. I do like to see C D Lamb getting his moment, getting his you know the the spotlight on him because he deserves it. He's the most talented player on our offense, and seeing him get the action that he deserves, it's great. But yeah, very disappointing overall, and I think a, a lot of Cowboys fans are just frustrated at this point because we know we've got the roster to do something special. We're in a great position to do something special, but we're just hurting ourselves. What do you make of Tony Pollard's season? Because he hasn't, I don't think, I've used to always seen more of them than I have, the Cowboys, but he hasn't quite seemed as good as he was last year. And last year he was sort of almost, almost like the RB2, sort of sometimes the RB1. And we see a lot of players, the most recent one I think of is Juju, where they go from the second choice wide out to the number one wide out. And then they ultimately seem to struggle with that transition. And it seems to me right now, you could say differently, but it seems that Pollard hasn't quite made that transition yet to be the, the lead back, whereas yeah. when he's putting more reps with Zeke last year, that's when we saw him at his best. So what, what have you made of his of his first season as the true the true RB1 in Dallas? A little disappointing, um, I will say that. I think it's very easy for us as fans to kind of look at, at a player. like So when Ezekiel Elliott was playing last year for us, he was probably getting the kind of rough and the not the most glamorous yards you could put it that way he, he'd get your your three yards here and he was just the bigger back and then Pollard would come on and he'd be an injection of pace and you'd be like oh my gosh we have to get the ball to him more and then suddenly when you're on the field constantly now which which Pollard is and he's a smaller back he he, he can't if it's a third and you know long I, I don't or third and one I, I don't trust Pollard in the same way I would trust for that and I think that's where we've seen Pollard come short like we did last week against the, the Dolphins it's it's those critical yards that I don't know if the Cowboys actually have to trust in them and if they want to throw the fullback in which they've started to do and that kind of shows to me that are we are we all in on Tony Pollard are we trying to see what we've got and this season a lot of Cowboys fans have seen Rico Dowdle's name pop up our second string running back none of us going into the year thought he would see the carries that he has and he's performed pretty well but then again he's still a smaller back so Tony Pollard it's the offense has struggled this season in different ways. Um, the run game's definitely not been as impactful as I'd like it to have been. Um, I, I think we are missing that bigger back presence. I think Tony Pollard has done the best with 
you know what what he can our o line's not great it's not horrific though either but i i do think it's a little disappointing what we've seen from him and um just yeah just just the lack of kind of explosive plays i would say because that's the whole reason we wanted him to get the ball was because he was so explosive when he had it and just kind of have lost that spark that we we kind of saw in him so we we've got to give him confidence and that's what i'm saying we've got to give him the ball more got to feed him and, and make him feel that he is our guy and show that trust in him but yeah i've not uh, it's definitely won't be one for the history books anyway to go down he's not breaking any records by emmett smith anytime soon yeah certainly not not his usual standards, but he's got to go up against the fourth-best run defence on the weekend, on Saturday. If you take on the Detroit Lions, um, and right now, if you lose this game and Eagles win against the Cardinals, which you think would happen, um, you will be out of contention for the, the NFC East. But you can still um, pretty much put a lock on the fifth-place seed with a win anyway. Uh, you play the Lions two out of 30. They're still fighting for that number one seed. Who's winning this game for you, Cowboys or Lions? Credit to the Detroit Lions. Look, they just won the division last week. Like you, you, you can't knock them for that. What, what an incredible comeback! The way they play on the Dan Campbell. I love the Detroit Lions. I think, I think they're. If you should root for a team and you don't support a team and you want a team to root for, you can root for the Lions. I mean, they deserve to to get all the the kind of gloating and uh, gloat. Those fans deserve to gloat. If you're a Detroit Lions fan and you've been there through thick and thin, you deserve this moment. Um, but I'm gonna go with my Cowboys because I feel like. The Lions are safe. They know they've wrapped up the division. They know they know they're there. The Cowboys, we've got it all to play for. We're still trying to find ourselves. Um, and we still struggle against teams over five hundred. Like we, we we've got to get that off our back that we can't beat a team with a winning record. Like it's I know we have, but it's we need to do it consistently. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys in this one. I think our offense it's going to show a lot how our offense copes in this one and Cowboys fans will get a real glimpse of what we can expect going forward because this Detroit Lions team is a very, very good team and depending on how they want to play this, maybe they want to rest a starter or two. I, I still think it's too early for that, but they might, they could, it could maybe probably not benefit the Cowboys because they might try a few trick plays on us and stuff like that. They might go deep in the playbook to try and, you know, test out what they've got going forward in the playoffs. But yeah, I'm going to go to the Cowboys. I think our defense is, is still good enough to, to to get to golf. I think Michael Parsons might have a big day in this one. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Tony Pollard with a, with a bounce back game, I hope. So yeah, give me the Cowboys. Well, I've got the Cowboys as well. I just think the fact that the Lions have got the division wrapped up, they may take the foot mm. of the gas for a week. And also you guys at home are, are pretty good. So uh, I think ultimately that leads to a win for you guys. Uh, and actually, before we go on to the next game, we spoke to former guest Aaron Fletcher, Lions fan, who did give us a video with his reaction to his team winning their first division title in 30 years. Here it is. What's up, my Across the Pod family? I hope you're all doing well and having a lovely Christmas. I am excited to be reporting to you as NFC North champions. The Lions have won the first divisional title in my lifetime. I cannot begin to tell you how absolutely ecstatic and absolutely buzzing I am. So I... Definitely can't begin to tell you how ecstatic and how absolutely buzzing the people of Detroit are and the Lions fans are that have been following this team a lot longer than I have. But I am absolutely ecstatic and honestly I'm just a little bit relieved because we've come close once in my time as a fan and that was in Jim Caldwell's first season and it felt like we bottled that right at the end. So honestly I'm just really happy that we were able to get over the hump and earn the, our first divisional title in so long. We've had a couple of wobblers over the last couple of weeks, some dodgy suspect performances. So against the uh, our NFC North rivals, to be able to clinch it with two games to go, 
so much relief. And I think now the question is not, you know, what can we do for the next two games? The question is making sure that we at least wrap up that, try and get that number two seed and let's prepare Ford Field for its first ever Detroit Lions playoff game. So, yeah, just a lot of feeling, a lot of emotions at the moment, but most of them are just relief and excitement to watch a Lions game in the postseason. Let's go, Lions. One pride worldwide. And thank you, Aaron, for your video. A lot of emotion in that in that video there. You can see, clearly see what it means to him and all the Lions fans that they finally got that done. Uh, our next game is... For me, the biggest game in my 12, 13 years being a fan, the biggest game <laughs> in my time being a fan, because this game has so many permutations. If the Ravens win, that's number one seed, I believe, wrapped up or almost wrapped up. Mm. I think it would be, actually, because they'd have the head head over us if they win. But if we win, we have the number one seed in our hands with one week to go. So a lot on this game and, you know, with how good we are at home, we're basically the Cowboys of the AFC. You know, we're a team that is good against the bad teams, Struggles against good teams and it's be much better at home than away. Um, so a massive, massive game and what a start to New Year's Eve at 6pm. Um, I'm going to go for my heart over my head. I'm going to go for Dolphins. Um, now, right. every part of me says the Ravens should win this. You know, you've got right now the best callback this season in Lamar Jackson, a great defence, mm -hmm. weapons all around. But I just, I don't know, I'm going to go with my heart and say we're going to win this and hope that I'm, I'm proved right. And that's really all I can say. You know, I know we beat the Cowboys and it was good being a team with a winning record. Our first time since week three last year. But I said it just then, the Cowboys are basically the same with us. So I feel like if we were to win, beat the Ravens, it would be even more of a statement, I think, uh, of a win. So I think I think where we can win this game is just capitalising on Ravens' mistakes because that's what happens. You know, we came back from, I think, five, six touchdowns behind last season against the Ravens, albeit different coordinator, different all that. But we have beaten Lamar Jackson in recent seasons and we've beaten John Harbaugh. Mike Daniels beaten John, uh, John Harbaugh. So I think we know how to beat them and we've proved that in recent years. So I'm hoping that confidence can can get over the line and I'm hoping we're seeing some sort of bogey team for the Ravens and hopefully we can get the win and what would be such such a massive win but what how are you seeing this as a neutral involved in this how are you seeing this game i've seen this game as a great fixture and i, I agree i think it's one of the, the top games of the weekends I, I can't wait to get my eyes on this one the dolphin i've more faith in the ravens in this one purely because of the caliber of the teams that they've recently beaten and also that 49ers victory now that will sway a lot of people just because they bet the 49ers absolutely not an easy win like you you mentioned there dolphins have it all to play for too and i think that's what makes um you know when we come to this part of the season where some teams can put the foot off the gas but when you get games like this where it's all on the line that's some of the that's when some of the best football comes out and i think we're going to see it in this game um i know jalen waddle's questionable i believe um but if if you get your weapons and and you get cooking in the way the two can there's no reason why you guys can't win this game having said that i just feel lamar is playing of an mvp caliber um, he, he really watching him against the 49ers the way he, he you know, just moved and he was just so uh, uh, I don't even know the word like he, he's, he's left me speechless Andy he was just so accurate as well with his passing but also he led that team and also on the ground and that's a real kind of issue if I'm the Ravens fan because I'm looking going okay 
we're putting a lot on Lamar Jackson's back right now. Like he led that team in rushing. He had seven carries for 45 yards and Gus Edwards had nine carries for 31 yards. So he'd more rushing yards than their own running back. So if you're getting Lamar to pass the ball and to run it, which we know he's always done, he's done that throughout his career. It's nothing new to him. But if you're doing that against the, you know, although they did it against the 49ers, who do have a rock solid defense and that's impressive. The Ravens lack weapons and we know this. And if you can lock down Zay Flowers, Lamar's a little, you know, it gets pretty hard for him out there. He's not got too many weapons to deal with, and he's he's done incredibly well with what he has. Um, he did call out Mike Florio as well during the week. I don't know if you saw that, but Mike Florio essentially said that the Ravens are going to get steamrolled by the 49ers and Lamar wasn't too happy with that. And he said, don't disrespect us like that. We're, you know, we're playing as a team right now. We're playing well. We've got respect for our opponents. You respect us. And this team is it's it's a they're playing as a team and that's what I, I mentioned that earlier with the Browns but it's very important it's not just individual pieces and they've got great coaching as well and I don't see a reason why this team can't really go the distance and for that reason I'm just going to have to go with the Ravens over the Dolphins because I, I just feel like there's something about this team this season I think it'll be a close game um, if the Dolphins get out to an early start, I think they they will win it because they've got the firepower to. I don't think the Ravens have the firepower in the same way that the Dolphins do. Um, and if the Ravens got breaks, let's say it how it was, they were lucky against the 49ers in the way that Brock Purdy played. It wasn't his finest game. There was interceptions. There was bounces. Kyle Hamilton had a great game, but they were fortunate on defense. And if they don't get that kind of fortune or those play, like Kyle Hamilton doesn't get a pick early on. Who knows? The Dolphins can run away with this one, but I do think right now, Ravens are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL, and that's why that they will win this one. Well, I hope if Fangio's has, has watched a tape of the Steelers game when, when they gave Lamar Jack his hardest game of the season, so hopefully... Mm-hmm. That will be hopefully similar thing uh, in Sunday's game. Um, a few games we're going to go over quickly. Um, so Buffalo Bills hosting the Patriots, the Bears hosting the Falcons, and the Houston Texans hosting the Tennessee Titans, as well as the Giants hosting the Rams. I've gone for wins for the Bills, Bears, Titans, and Rams. I just think that ultimately the Bills are right now playing arguably the best, if not second best football in the AFC uh, I think the Bears are hitting form at the right time. Probably too late to make a playoff push, but I think ultimately they're looking good for especially getting the Panthers pick from last year's trade, so they'll have number one pick regardless. I think they're in a good place. Um, I've gone for the Titans purely because I don't think Stroud, I don't think he's even going to be playing, or if he if he does play somehow, I don't think he'll be himself. And then uh, I just think the Giants, the DeVito the, the magic has run out, and I think the Rams are, are playing again playing really well. They've got extra three days rest on the Giants from their Thursday night game the week before against the Saints. So, yeah, I think wins for all them. Um, but how are you seeing this four games, Scott? In the exact same, it's funny you said it, in the exact same order that you that you went, I'm going to follow you and, and piggyback you on that one. Um, I, I was waiting for you to pick a team that maybe I wasn't going to agree with, but I agree with all your, your moves on that one. Um, I think the Bills game against the Pats, it's, it's a case of big brother versus little brother. And for so many years, the Patriots were the dominant figure in that one, but not anymore. Look, the Bills were not great against the Chargers. They looked pretty, pretty ropey at times. Chargers got out to an early lead. But they showed grit and came back, and that's what the great teams do. Um, and they did that. And looking at the Bears, um, yeah, I mean Justin Fields, 
they're they're playing some of the best football we've Bears fans have seen in a while. Mercedes Lewis got a touchdown the weekend for the Bears. I think he became the oldest player or oldest tight end to score a touchdown, which is great to see. And then after the game, DJ Moore came in the press conference room and he's saying, "We've got that dog in us," and they they're, they're just having fun. They're going out there and having fun. And he said, "We don't give up," and and I keep going at it. And you know that's what that's what they do. This Bears team is a it's pretty relentless, and they're good for, they're good fun to watch. And Fields is playing with confidence, and he's also getting his weekends involved. Cole Komet had over 100 receiving yards this weekend. So, um, yeah, give me the Bears in that one. I, I really like them. Um, I think you said, what was the other two games you had there? You had the Rams. I like the Rams against the Giants, absolutely. Especially with Tyrod Taylor now starting. I think the Tommy DeVito era is kind of over, shall we say. Um, I think he tried to trademark his his classic Italian kind of finger punch thing they do. I don't know what it's called, but uh, <laughs> I think that that's kind of over for him now. Um, and he said, in fairness to Tommy, he said, people love you when you're up. They don't love you when you're down. And um, I think he's he's a young, he's got a good career ahead of him. He's been a character this season, but um, yeah, I'm not sure that they've, that Tommy DeVito magic is going to work on against this Rams defense. I think Aaron Donald might have a day. Um, and I'm going to go for the Titans as well, because against the, the Texans, because, I, they look division rivals. They know each other well, but I think the Titans will win this one purely because CJ Stroud is not playing. Um, and the Titans have just been really, or sorry, the Texans have really struggled with injuries this year. Losing Tank Dell was another big blow, and really saw how important the rookie wide receiver was to this team. They were a different team without him. Um, so when he, they when they get him back, it'll be exciting. But it looks like as as we look at this game. Derek Henry, I heard it last week, and I'm hearing rumors that it could be his last season as a Tennessee Titan. And if that's the case, you know, I think uh, I, I think he's going to go on a want to go out on a bang. And he has always had fun against the Houston Texans. So if you've got Derek Henry in your fancy football team, like I do this week, and um, we could be in for a big one. But yeah, give me the Titans. I'll take them in this one. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised that Harry Henry didn't move before the deadline of mourners. I think there was a lot of talk of. I believe it was the Ravens and um, might be the Eagles or the Bills had to had the most chatter, and I think that him on the Ravens would have been oh, would have been. I think that would be almost a lock for a Super Bowl win for them. And um, you know, I, I had the pleasure of you know meeting him, and everyone knows in this podcast, I'm a massive fan of Henry. Um, I think a guy like him deserves to get a chance for a ring, and I think he had that chance. Yeah. When he had the one seed, when they got to the eighty-eight title game, but really he's never going to win a ring with the Texans, with with the Titans even. Um, and I think that he's a player that it's like Hopkins. He can't finish his career, and same as Julio Jones without a ring. These players yeah. have been too good for too long to not deserve a ring. And, and I think that if Henry was to move to um, you know, a team in particularly in the NFC um, that was a Super Bowl contender, I would certainly be rooting for him. Um, and yeah, that would be just something I would I would love to see. Um, now, next two games are the are both AFC South teams at home, as the Colts and the Jags host the Raiders and the Panthers respectively. Um, Going to go for the Colts to beat the Raiders. I just think that we know the Raiders beat the Chiefs, but if I'm honest, I think the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Uh, two back to back pick sixes. Mm-hmm. Aiden O'Connell had no. No, it's no yards or no positive yards within two quarters. It was the stat line was horrendous, uh, but he's still got a job done through their defense. But I just think the Colts will have a want to get get, uh, get right game. From, from thinking there's no big injury, I don't want Michael Pittman's status. Isn't I think he's questionable, but yeah, uh, I think yeah. the Colts will will get back, and I think the Raiders. Uh, I don't think they'll. I think they'll not have enough in this game. I think the Colts will be too strong, and I'm going to go for the first shock of this episode. I'm going to go for the Panthers to beat the Jags. Um, oh. I think that the Jags have not been themselves in recent weeks. It's basically the opposite of last season. They started off last season really badly, 
great run down the stretch, capitalizing the Titans being bad, snuck into the playoffs. I think this year it's going to be the other way around. I think they're going to, they're going to, I think they're going to lose the division to the Colts. I think the Colts are going to win the AFC South, and I think the Jags are just hitting form in a really bad time. Lawrence's injuries come at the completely wrong time, uh, and I think the Jags will ultimately lose to a fantasy team that have got basically nothing to lose. And they got the win last week, you know, two weeks ago even. They gave the Greenberg Packers a really good game, scored 30 yeah. points. So I think they may be hitting form at too late the season, but I think there could be um, potentially a shock win here. But how are you seeing those two games, Scott? That is really interesting that you've gone for those two teams because we've been, we've been, I've been following you for for a lot of this. But I'm going off my own path on this one. I'm going to go for the Raiders and the Jags and this for me. Um, Raiders against the Colts. I love the way this Raiders team is playing under Antonio Pierce, and I think if he doesn't get the the coaching job at the end of this one, there's something wrong. I mean, if you're a Raiders fan, you've beaten two of your biggest division rivals in back to back weeks, and you haven't beat them. You bet them good, especially the Chargers in particular. Uh, the the Ra- Raiders team, you've got to be excited if you're a fan. I mean, they're the least penalized team in the NFL as well. I mean, Raiders fans, the Raiders were never known for that. They played, you know, kind of dirty football. Let's say it how it was, but they, they're the least penalized team in the NFL. They're a different team and under Antonio Pierce, and they're playing like it. And like, it doesn't even, some of the names that are getting the ball and getting, you know, playtime in this, they're names you wouldn't expect. Like at the start of the season, if I had said to you, Zamir White would run for 145 yards against the Chiefs to seal the game, you'd be like, who? No way. You know, only only your diehard fans would know that far down the roster or if they're in a 16 or 17 man league. Um, But they got two defensive touchdowns against the Chiefs. They were very lucky in that one. I'm not going to say that they weren't. Aiden O'Connell was extremely poor. Nine for 21 in passing and then he had 62 passing yards. Not good enough. But they do have a lot of nice weapons there, particularly Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams. And I was not convinced with the Colts at the weekend against the Atlanta Falcons. They looked all over the place. So for that reason, I'm going to go with the Raiders because the momentum's on their side and the back-to-back wins. And I'm going to go for the Jags because they're coming off a poor loss. And the best way to rebound off that is to play a poor team and beat them well. And that's what the Cowboys seem to do sometimes. And I think that's what the Jags are going to do in this one. I think there's more talent on this Jags team. But I, I do agree with you. The Panthers did bring that game down to the wire against the Packers. And they ultimately probably deserve to win in that one. But in this one, again, division rivals. So give me the Jags. Okay, I have to give take some sort of credit for Zamir White because I did an article for Five Yard Rush. I think it was it was definitely last year because that's when he got drafted, and I actually mentioned him being someone to pick up in a dynasty league late on because I think I had him like as a sixth or seventh round projected, um, and mm. you know did nothing really for the first year or really the first year and a half, and he's just come into his own, and I am good to see that come through and him actually get his chance because from what I watched his albeit his YouTube highlights in college didn't actually watch him properly okay. but um yeah it was good good to see him getting his chance um now two games I think really can be skimmed over because they I think they're four goal conclusions I've got the Eagles beating the Cardinals and I've got the 49ers yeah. beating the Commanders I mean the 49ers after a loss against the Commanders who've been poor in recent weeks and then the Eagles beating the Cardinals. I think that's really also a given. I think the Eagles have got that win, got their confidence back. And I think they'll be fine for the rest of the year. So give me the Eagles and the Niners. Same for you, Scott, or are you going for any shocks there? No, completely agree with you there. Eagles and, and Niners, is, is it should be. But look, there's no easy game in the NFL, but they should be, you know, easy ones. Although the Cardinals under Kyler Murray are, are, are playing pretty decent. Um, but no, I, I can't see a way that, the Eagles uh, don't beat the Cardinals and the 49ers don't beat the Commanders. So I'm, I'm very happy with those. And before we go on to our next lot of games, we have also spoken to friend of the show, Paul Hope, who gave his reaction to his team winning the NFC West. Hi there, Andy. Paul Hope 
49 Fairfield UK. Merry Christmas to you and across the pod fans. NFC West champs for the second year in a row. Back to back, like I called at the start of the season. No surprise to 49ers fans. As you can imagine, Andy, things are pretty good up in Santa Clara at the moment. Not only with the UK faithful in attendance for the Buccaneers game, we are also having one hell of a ride this season. Brock at QB, CMC for MVP. It's been a great year. It's not over yet. Looking forward to seeing what happens in January, February. Please do like and subscribe to Andy's channel. What he's putting out there is amazing and it's good to be a part of it. And all that is left for me to say, Andy, is bang, bang, nine again. And thank you, Paul, for your video. Um, next game is in Tampa Bay as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the New Orleans Saints. Now, if I'm right in saying this, if the Falcons lose and then the Buccaneers beat the Saints, that is the division wrapped up for the third straight year for the Buccaneers. Um, and I see no, no other result than a Buccaneers win. I think that they're the only team in the NFC South or even in any South division, either South division, that is playing consistent football right now. Baker Mayfield is looking really, really good. And I think the Saints are just far too inconsistent to win this game. So I think Buccaneers at home as well. Um, going to give them the win. Yeah, look, Andy, I completely agree with you there. Four wins in a row for the Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield's playing some of the best football we've seen from Baker in ages. And I'm so glad. I dig, I'm so glad to see it because I think a lot of people really wanted Baker to succeed and the kind of situation that he was put in in Cleveland wasn't the best. And, um, you know, there was a lot of people on his back, but he's re really come back this season to prove that he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers in this one, especially because Mike Evans, I don't know what happens to him around this time of year, but he just turns it on and, and switches it on and becomes absolutely incredible. And he turns into Megatron back in the day for like the Detroit Lions. So, uh, yeah, I, I also think the difference this year as well with the Buccaneers is that they've really found their run game in Rashad White. Um, we've seen the most out of him this year. We've seen uh, in a long time. So I think the Buccaneers against the Saints, the Saints just have not really shown anything this year. They've been okay. Their, their defense is good. The Saints defense is usually pretty always good. Um, but the offense under Carr, I don't know that I just don't feel like this team is really playing for Derek Carr and I don't think I think he's nearly lost the locker room now look that's not the reports that's not what the reports are saying and I know a lot of teammates do like him but I don't feel like they're playing for him in the same sense and if you're a Saints fan you're like we're still in contention here we still need to be giving this everything but the team just doesn't seem to be as up for the fight I suppose as the Buccaneers are um, and the Buccaneers look great against the Jaguars so yeah I'm going to take the books Do you mention about the run game for the Buccaneers I mean even looking at the defence I mean the mm -hmm. Saints run game will have a tough time because looking at the stats, they are the seventh best, uh, seventh best run defense in the league this year. Buccaneers, uh, reminiscent of their Super Bowl winning defense, uh, but they are the worst in the league when it comes to pass defense. So I think with Chris Olave injured as well, uh, or questionable, that's their biggest source of. I think Rashid Shahid will be their main guy now, maybe even At Perry, but I think that's some encouragement because their biggest strength is run defense, and the biggest strength for the Saints yeah. on offense is Kamara. So I think. They should hope they should give Kamara a um, tough game. So I think that's another reason why Bullockin is to win. Um, now next up is in Seattle as the Seahawks host the Steelers. Um, I'm good for the Seahawks. Um, I just think that the Steelers they got the win last week, but I think they've been a lot recently quite uh, disappointing. And I think Mason Rudolph had a good game against the uh, Bengals, but we see a lot of time these backup callbacks or even third choice callbacks come in. They're amazing in the first week, and then give it two or three weeks, they just go back to their, their old selves and they show everyone why they are backable third choice. I think Mason Rudolph will struggle against the Seahawks team and I think that Drew Locke might be playing as well. I don't know whether Gene is back for this game, but 
either way, I just think it might be down to a defense against defense sort of game. And I think ultimately, I trust Seattle's defense probably more than just about more than the, the Steelers' defense. So yeah, going to give the Seahawks the win. Yeah, no, it's interesting you mentioned kind of um, talking about um, Mason Rudolph in particular there, and how when it comes down to it, like a lot of these backup quarterbacks when they are thrown in there a lot of teams don't have a lot of tape on them so it makes it a lot easier for some of them and I'm not saying it's easy it's never easy being a starting quarterback in the NFL but if, if you're a mobile quarterback or you might have a certain target that you like the teams don't necessarily know that so you can expose them and that's exactly what the Steelers did against the, the Cincinnati Bengals um, but I'm going to go for the Steelers because they're a new look team under Mason Rudolph and I don't know if it's just the season that's in it with, with Rudolph and it being Christmas and whatever but um, that, that Steelers team looked looked really good and in particular George Pickens he really silenced the haters there was, he got a lot of talk and a lot of stick all week about his lack of kind of blocking and there was footage him against the Colts not really bothering to block in front of Jalen Warren and he said well I don't want to get injured and stuff like this and yeah he did get a lot of stick for it but he silenced the haters with 195 yards and two touchdowns that's the way to do it don't talk just just let your actions do the talking um, and Najee Harris also had a big game 78 yards for a touchdown so this Steelers team finally with Matt Canada not in the building they're actually doing something on offense and, and that's really quite something to see. I think Steelers fans will be relieved with that. Um, so I'm going to go for the Steelers in this one. I'm not dissing the Seahawks. I think they are a really good team and they've beaten the Eagles two weeks ago. Let's not forget that. No one saw that coming. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba has played well for them. Um, so I... I like the Steelers more. I do. I know you mentioned there you might trust the Seattle defense. I do think it is a good defense, but the Steelers are a top three team in turnovers, and they they also have TJ Watt, who is the star power on that team. He leads the NFL in sacks with seventeen. So I'm going to go for the Steelers because I want to know what the Steelers have under Mason Rudolph, and he's trying to cement himself as the guy. You want to do that by the tail end of the season. You go out and win these games and, and prove to Cleveland, or not to Cleveland, geez, prove to the Steelers that, that you're their guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers in this one. I, I think it'll be a close one. Doesn't surprise me if the Seahawks will blow them out down the line if the Steelers get off to a slow start. But I still like the Steelers to, to do it. I think if it's a close game and it's fourth quarter and it's one score in it, I'm going to trust the Steelers in it. So, uh, yeah, I'll take the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers. Wow, next game is going to be one that has a different outlook to maybe a few weeks ago. Now, you just said when the, when the schedule came out, the next two games actually have the same sort of thing, but this game particularly, you'd have gone to the season going, all right, look, week 17, you've got potentially a game to make the playoffs. Russell Wilson against Justin Herbert is now going to be Easton Stick against Jared Stidham. Um, obviously, everyone saw the news this week about Russell Wilson being benched. Um, and the Chargers, um, obviously, they've had a few weeks now without Herbert, so it's interesting in that sense it's been that's been for me my story the season is is the backups and how many quarterbacks have been injured um so for me it's um yeah not the game we all thought we were going to get but i think um i think i'm going to give the Chargers a win i think that we mentioned about quarterbacks having the tape i think equally on a shorter week you have less time to obviously get used to the game book and get the sorry the playbook and i think that is obviously you know Back of quarterbacks have far less reps on the on the practice field when they are the back of or third choice. So when they get put in for through an injury or maybe two or three days before, they've got no time really to to get adjust, adjusted to the players and playbook and the sort of scheme for the weeks. So I think give them a whole week to practice. I think that gives backups like that's why Easton Stick looks far better in the second week because he had more time yeah. to get adjusted to the playbook and the players around it. So I think. 
in that sense, you've got Stidham, who has got minimal NFL experience. He's played a few games for the Patriots and Raiders here and there. But I think Eastern Six have now two full weeks to prepare. He knows his players now. I think that's why I'm going to give the Chargers a win. Um, and I think that I, I was shocked that they benched Russell Wilson because there is still a chance they make the playoffs, albeit a small chance. But I do think that this maybe shows maybe um, Sean Payton's feelings on Russell Wilson. Maybe obviously he's not the guy you traded from in the first place. He may feel it's time to move on. We don't know. But I'm going to give the Chargers a win. Uh, I just think that ultimately, yeah, I think for that reason alone, the fact that Eastern Stakers have more time to prepare for this game, going to give them the win. But what's your take, Scott? My take is a little different to your take, Andy. I'm going to go with the Broncos. Um, they bet the Chargers three weeks ago quite convincingly, 24-7. to um, And I think with all the drama that we've seen this week, in particular just with, with the Russell Wilson stuff that's only recently emerged, and I don't think a lot of us kind of saw that coming, it's quite a bizarre thing to do. Um, I know there's money involved and they're trying to save money where they can. And um, essentially, from what I can see, Russ is... is probably moved on himself he's probably um knows that his time in denver is coming to an end and and it's quite sad because we really thought this was i think broncos fans in particular thought that the russell wilson trade was going to transform this franchise and bring another super bowl um back, back to broncos country but uh yeah unfortunately broncos country is not riding um it's doing quite the opposite and uh in fairness to them though i, I do think that i don't think sean payton would put his team in a position that would really jeopardize them that badly that they miss out in the playoff. I think there's got to be faith in Jared Stidham in this one because it is a big game. Like you said, it's a slim chance that they make the playoffs, but there is still a chance. And I don't see him for himself and also for, for the team. I don't see it. It doesn't reflect well if he puts in a starter who he knows isn't going to perform to the capability of Russell Wilson. So I think he's obviously seen stuff in camp from Jared Stidham, probably gone, okay, let's see what this guy has. And has put his faith in him, which is a really interesting thing to do come such a crucial time of the season. But I haven't seen enough as well from the Chargers to make me feel that they can win this one. Yes, they did bring it to the wire against the Buffalo Bills, but sometimes the Bills just look all over the place. Um, so I'm not going to put it down to that. The Chargers have also lost four of the last five games. So nothing too convincingly on the stat side to look at there. So I'm going to go for the Broncos. Um, and I think if they don't win this one, Sean Payton, oh, that press conference is going to be very interesting. Very, very interesting. But I'm going to go with Broncos country in this one. Yeah, I mean, I th- I thought Wilson Percy had looked far better in the second inning in his first year, albeit it wasn't hard to be worse than year one in Denver. But, you know, six, tied six in the league when it comes to passing touchdowns. He's not been awful. Um, still got you know, over 3,000 yards passing. And I know you look at the... I, I, th- I don't really recall many games where he's been a reason they lost. But, again, it goes down to what I said before about the fact that he wasn't the guy Peyton took. And we all know... Peyton was a guy who took Drew Brees to New Orleans. He likes having his own guys, seemingly. So maybe he's looking at potentially someone yeah. in the offseason. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but I yeah, think it could be a draft prospect mm-hmm. as well. He might have his eye on it. There's a couple of great players there. Drake May, Caleb Williams, maybe one of these guys. Now, the only issue with the Broncos is that they gave up a lot of picks to get Wilson in the first place. So I have seen a lot of reports saying it could go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history um look broncos fans can be the judge of that one but this game suddenly a game that all of a sudden might not have been on a lot of people's radars is suddenly right up on people's radars um so very intrigued to see what happens here but i think the broncos do get it done um and i also i mean russell wilson he's outplayed my home statistically in these last few weeks which is 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 quite mind-boggling um and and he's getting a lot of stick for for the way he's playing but he's not playing that bad so 
it's it's yeah crazy move crazy week um but there's never a dull moment in the nfl i suppose and let's just see how this one unfolds absolutely not i mean right now they are the 14th current 14th pick in the draft as it stands in next year's draft but only two wins behind them are in five wins in the, are in the seventh position so i think you know maybe looking at that but they would be 14th i don't know they're not going to get may or kayla williams unless they trade up again but they haven't got the capital so yeah really interesting to see What's going to happen there? Now, the next game is what I thought, personally, certainly it would have been the game that decides number one overall seed. Bengals take on the Chiefs. Of course, Bengals have been have played the Chiefs in back-to-back playoff years. Looks like it's not going to happen this year. Um, but equally, you know, Browning against Mahomes. Mahomes, they haven't been themselves when he's the Chiefs. So I think we all know that. A lot of losses in recent weeks and they look out of sorts, but I'm still going to give them the win over the Bengals. I just think that the Bengals maybe had their Reality check against the Steelers. Uh, they had a good few weeks with Jake Browning, but maybe now Tammy Riddles actually they aren't going to be this miracle Cinderella story. Um, so I'm going to get the Chiefs to win. They're at home as well. And I think at some point they're going to have to get things right. I still think in the playoffs, they're going to go far. I still think yeah. they've still got that playoff pleasure that no one else really has proved yet in the NFL of active players. So I think they'll make it in. Obviously, they'll make it in. Probably as division winners, but... I still wouldn't back them to make it at least to the AFC divisional round or even the championship game. So for me, I think this will give you a game that they get they get back to winning game winning winning ways, and that'll be standing in good stead when it comes to the uh, to the playoffs. But what about you, Scott? Same as me, or are you going for the Bengals? I'm going as the same with you. You know, with, with this Chiefs team, it's like they've all just put their phones on flight mode and they just they've they've logged off nearly and they but they're not at their final destination yet they haven't wrapped up the division just yet um but the issue was with that raiders game i feel like they thought it was going to be a walk in the park and yeah we'll win on christmas day it'll be the fairy tale kind of story um and it wasn't and they were found out and they were found out badly um the offensive line in particular really really needs to up their game uh, on top of the wide receivers as well Mahomes has sacked four times against the Raiders and he had to run for 53 yards so he led the team in rushing but that was probably because a lot of that was scrambling because the pocket was collapsing on him and Isaiah Pacheco only ran for 26 yards Andy 26 yards you're not going to win games your running back is running for 26 yards you can't keep putting it all on Mahomes' shoulders because he's not got the weapons around him um, to, to do it and the, the Chiefs' defense, you can't blame them. They they are a good defense. They're ranked the second in the NFL in yards allowed. So it, you you can't pin it on them. It, it, blame has to go on the offense. And there's something not right there. You see Mahomes throwing his helmet. You see Andy Reid and, and or sorry Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet and and having a word with with uh, Andy Reid. And the, it's, there's a lot of potential with this team. Um, and they have the stars. And I feel like they're just trying to. Probably put it all in. Oh, we'll be okay. Mahomes will do something, or Kelsey will make a play. Well, lads, they need the help to do it. And you look back in the day, um, you know, even last year it was Juju Smith-Schuster. You had someone kind of reliable in there for the Chiefs, and they don't this year. Yes, they found a new wide receiver one in Rashi Rice, and it's great to see the rookie performing so well. But they've been really, really sloppy and just not good enough. Um, but every team has a down down game and for the Chiefs I suppose it's a couple of down games where they've not looked right but this is a good opportunity to get it right against the Bengals who got exposed and I don't think there's any other word for it they got absolutely exposed against the uh, against Pittsburgh Steelers and I think Mahomes has got to look at that and go okay well if that offense is struggling and they're able to make it work against the uh, the Bengals well our offense is struggling and we can make it work against the Bengals so give me the Chiefs in this one Um, this is a get right game for them and I think they will handle business quite comfortably 
at what point do we start to play Mahomes for the form? Because um, mm-hmm. we've seen the thing, it's fair enough, and that's an obvious take when I think defensive line as well, um, you know, is a massive concern. I think there was definitely a, a downgrade from last year since before. I think last year the offensive line was much better. But I think you look at those two pick sixes against Raiders and I you got to blame him on him because he wasn't, from, from memory, he wasn't pressurised too much by this Raiders defensive line. And I think there were some really poor throws. So I think, you know, and obviously everyone points to this Taylor Swift thing and they are three and five since the whole thing blew up. So I, I think at some point you've got to blame the host. I mean, he's had an amazing for those five years. I mean, you know, to not even have a game in the, on the road yet in the playoffs, five straight exactly, years. Exactly. Every year he's made the AFC Choice for Championship game as a starter, all of them at home. Um, obviously an amazing start to the year, but even Tom Brady had years that they didn't make the mm-hmm. championship. Well, he, even he had down years. So for me, it's, I, I still think, you know, they'll, they, they can make it to the AFC title game, but I wouldn't be shocked if they get knocked out first round to the Bills. In mm-hmm. fact, the way it's going right now, they're playing the Bills in the wildcard round and it wouldn't shock mm-hmm. me the Bills go to Arrowhead. They did it in a few weeks ago. Uh, it wouldn't shock if they win if they beat them. So, yeah, I think everyone's due a down year, but I, I think if they were to have a down year and, say, losing the wildcard round, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they go out and get someone in the offseason. Devontae Adams, I can think top ahead. I mean, someone who probably wants to leave the Raiders. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they. I think next season, if they can get a receiver like Devontae Adams or get another one in the draft, I think they should be a team that everyone should fear because if Mahomes get a top receiver again to go along with Rice, um, especially mm-hmm. with Kelsey showing some signs of decline, I think this is the yeah. team that is going to ultimately, um, yeah, be a be a threat. But I think also this year we're seeing what everyone thought was going to happen last year. Then without Tyree Kill, um, but either way, I think I think they'll be fine. But you just don't know. And I think that if the Broncos have beaten the Patriots last week, then you know they could be looking at potentially still playing with Wilson and still potentially winning that division. But I think now that yeah. loss means that it's probably going to be you know. Chiefs win again. Um, now the final game is in, is in Minnesota as the Packers take on the Vikings in an old school NFC North rivalry. Um, I'm going for the Packers. For me, the Vikings look done. Um, I think that you look at this team and you know to go one and four with Kirk Cousins, which everyone has forgotten that they still still didn't lose games without him. Then they won all five games in a row with Josh Jobs without Justin Jefferson. He's come in. And they've lost games again. So it's really weird season for them. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, the Josh Dobbs experiment failed. Uh, Nick Mullins hasn't looked good at all. And I think they're a team that probably now, albeit small chance to make the playoffs, I think they're probably a team that knows that they got no chance of making the playoffs. Or even if they do, mm-hmm. they'll, they won't win a single game. And I think if they made the playoffs, it would be like the Giants last year in the Eagles game in the division. I think they'll just go in, they'll play probably the Lions or Eagles. They'll probably get thrashed by 30 points, I think, yes. Yeah. So I think they know their their fate's up, but I think the Packers, on the other hand, I think their team fighting for that playoff spot. They got the win just about against the the, um, the Panthers last week, and I think I think they've got a really good young team there. I, I really I love Jaron Reed. You've got Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, uh, run game. Aaron Jones is still doing well. Um, they've got Tucker Craft and Musgrave, a couple of good young tight ends. And, yeah, I think this team... I think since the next season, it's a team to really look out for, or even the next two years, because I think they've got a young quarterback left who has improved every single week. Um, so I'm going to give them the win and keep their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, I I, I copy that. Um, I agree with, with your statements there. And it's, do you know what? It's become, Andy, when we get to this point of the season, it really becomes a, a game of which team can stay healthy and which team can keep their key players um, 
crushing loss for the uh, Minnesota Vikings at the weekend. They're losing TJ Hawkinson to an ACL tear. Um, it's just they can't seem to get all their weapons on the same field at the same time. Once when Hawkinson's on the field, Justin Jefferson's off. When Jefferson's back, Hawkinson's off. It just and then you just seem to have constant injuries, and and it's just really difficult because there's a lot of potential in this Minnesota Vikings team. They really have a great team. Even coming into this year, we all looked at them and went, they they're one to watch. Um, and we've just not really seen it to to a good enough standard from them. And yeah, they've had these injuries, but Joshua Dobbs and like you said, we had all these kind of look. They're fun storylines, but at the end of the day, it had to come to an end at some point, and um, it wasn't the most glamorous of, of of endings, shall we say? But Nick Mullins hasn't looked great. Look, they put it up to the Detroit Lions, and that was a game the Lions needed to win and were all in for. So it wasn't a nothing game. They they did look good. I mean, great return for Justin Jefferson. Um, six reception. Six reception. That's hard to say. <laughs> uh, six receptions for 141 yards, but he he still looked very good, and it, like it's no issue to him coming back. He's the same player he he was before he before the. Which is great to see for us as fans, but um, the Green Bay Packers they tore through the Carolina Packers, the Carolina Panthers, shall I say? <laughs> um, they 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 absolutely. I don't know if it's because we're coming near the end of the podcast, Andy. Um, but they they ripped through them in the run game. AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. When you when those two guys are on the same on, on the field at the same time, or can can do something special together. Um, but it's that one two punch, and that's so key. And that's what I think when we mentioned earlier about Tony Pollard, that's what. What the Cowboys lack is that one-two punch. Um, we don't have it, but the Packers do, and they're really fine in their rhythm. But then in the passing game, the likes of a Jaden Reed, it doesn't matter who... Some of these guys that start the season, like a Romeo Dobbs, like, they've really come into it. Um, Christian Watson, he has struggled with the injuries. He should be a wide receiver one for this Packers team. He's got the potential to do it. If he can stay healthy, he, he can be the guy. I think Jordan Love just needs just needs that kind of security blanket. He needs his Kelsey or he needs his Devontae Adams type of player where he feels comfortable going to. I don't know if he's found it just yet, but this Packers team is very good um, and there's a lot of exciting things for, uh, on the horizon for them. I don't think they're there quite yet. I think if they get into the playoffs, they're probably a first... I, I like them over in, in this game, over the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings couldn't run the ball. They ran for... Ty Chandler had eight carries for 17 yards. So you're not going to do too much with uh, with, the, with that stat line. So, yeah, I'm going to go for the Packers. Uh, go Pack Go on this one. I think they, they get the job done. Do you know what I'm going to say? is, and I feel bad because I think he's... I really like the guy, but I'm so glad now I'm not watching the Vikings. I haven't got to constantly hear about Josh Dobbs doing aeronautical engineering. I feel like it's, it's the same yes, thing. With, yes. um, <laughs> like, it's like a whole Taylor Swift thing. It's like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, we yeah. get it. He, he did that as a degree, but it's just... It, it became... So annoying towards the end that I was constantly have to hear about it. Um, but yeah, um, sad to see because I, I, I don't mind the Vikings, but ultimately, yeah, I think their season is done. Now, before we do go, a couple of things. Firstly, Scott, who is your MVP vote going to? If you were one of the panel, who would you vote for? Oh, for this season, I know I did, I did mention earlier that I thought Lamar Jackson was MVP caliber, and he is, and he should absolutely be up there. MVP is the most valuable player on your team, and who can impact your team you know to, to the and bring it to the best standard of quality of football that's out there in my opinion there is no better player right now than christian mccaffrey he deserves the mvp in my opinion i know it always goes to a quarterback or it usually always goes to a quarterback and we've seen derrick henry over the years have great seasons and we think oh maybe he'll get it this time but it's do you know what mccaffrey has over derrick henry it's his pass catching ability he's so you can use him 
anywhere on the field and he always his, his yards after catch are just outrageous but he he's just electrifying to watch and I, I feel like a lot of times that word is overused and people say oh whether the atmosphere is electric or he's electric to watch but he really is he's the definition of that word because he's been unstoppable this season I mean even against the Ravens defense he still managed to have a monster game against the best rushing defense and one of the best rushing defenses in the league so McCaffrey has got to be up there I think you take him out of that four 49ers team they're a shell of themselves they they I don't think a lot of teams would fear them the way that they feared them with Christian McCaffrey and to me that screams of an MVP so he is my my MVP for this season will it go to a running back I suppose that remains to be seen I think it should I think if any year it's going to go to a running back this should be the year because nobody bar, barring Lamar I suppose has, has looked like they've been up there um to his standard but um, yeah, so I'm going to go with CMC. I think he he deserves the, the deserves the crown. I mean, he was my pick the whole year until Tyreek Hill didn't play against Titans, and how bad we looked without him. And I think that for a guy that can still break the record, um, I just think yeah. that um, it's a thing for me where Tyreek Hill uh, he is he is he is certainly our MVP, and I think he is. There's no one I think more crucial to their team than Tyreek Hill to us. I think that he is, um, you know, he's just the best, for me, the best team in the league. And I think ultimately yeah. he is the best. But I, I do think that, you know, this is the, I mean, I think Derek Henry would have won it a couple of years ago if he hadn't got injured mid-season. I think he was yeah. due to break all sorts of records um, that season. So I think Aaron Rodgers won it, but I think Henry would have done it. Um, but I think this year is the year because, um, you know, I think it's, if it's going to be a quarterback, I think it's going to be the, clearly the Mar. I think he's only one who's really had only one really bad game. I think Dax had a few mm -hmm. bad games, Brock Purdy the same thing, but I think, um, yeah, I think ultimately it will be the Mar if it is a quarterback. But I want to ask you a question. We asked this on our week fifth, week 16 review. Now I'm going to give mm -hmm. you a list of players to win more than one MVP. Um, to um, Peyton Matt and tell me, would do any of these players, are they even worse than Lamar Jackson since his career? So you've got Peyton Manning five, Rogers four, Three of you've got Jim Brown, we've got Johnny United, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, and then two, you've got Patrick Mahomes, Kurt Warner, Steve Young, Montana. Now, from that list, would you say that maybe Lamar Jackson would be the worst fallback to ever win more than one MVP? Because for me personally, the only one that comes close is probably Kurt Warner, but everyone else, you know, mm. Patrick Mahomes, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Tom, all these players are the NFL legends. I think Lamar Jackson. Do you know why? Yeah. Do you I, know I why they're NFL legends, Andy? It's because they've got a ring. They've got mm -hmm. a Super Bowl. A lot of those guys on that list have got a Super Bowl ring to their name. If Lamar wants to, he might win the MVP. If he wants to go on that list and, and stand out on that list and not look like... like look, if he, if he wins it, he deserves to be there. You, you can't knock him for that. But um, he won't have as much to show for it, I suppose, as, as Mahomes. Mahomes is sitting there. Yeah, I've got my MVPs, but I've also got two Super Bowl rings. Lamar doesn't. If Lamar wins the MVP and wins the Super Bowl... Well, then we're looking at something serious, you know. Um, I'd say that's the biggest difference and why he potentially, yeah, to, to answer your, your your point there, I'd say if he is on that list, he deserves to be there, but he's probably not one of the top names on that list. However, to cement yourself with one of the greats, you got to win a, a ring um, to be up there. Um, and well, that that's my take on it anyway. Look, there's a, thousands of players who have been sensational for the game. I mentioned Megatron earlier. He never won a ring, still in the Hall of Fame. But it, when you get that ring, especially as a quarterback in particular, though, 
it just elevates you to another level. And I think for Lamar to get to that level, he's got to get a ring. And and this is a year where, I don't know about yourself, Andy, but I've, I've watched this year. Very, very hard to call. Very hard to call. And the NFL has always been like that. But for something about this year in particular, like even week in, week out, there's just teams that are losing that you, you kind of just don't see losing and teams winning. Like in particular, the, the Seahawks beating the Eagles. I know I mentioned that earlier, but that was just like, out of the blue kind of thing and, and things like that keep happening this season and the Chiefs aren't the same team that we once thought that they were and I just think it's wide open on both sides and even when we look at the 49ers and we look, we go okay they, they look like they're unbeatable they're probably a lock for the Super Bowl they play like they did against the Ravens and you go oh maybe they're not as good as we thought so um it's we'll just have to see I suppose how, how this thing all pans out but I think this season in particular is one of Lamar's best chances of getting a Super Bowl ring I really really do especially with the injuries to quarterbacks as well. I mean, what better chance yeah. we get? I mean, Burrow's not going to be injured every year. Rodgers, I think next year, is going to be a player that will take the vibe if he's, if he's healthy. I think it's with all the injuries to quarterbacks and top quarterbacks as well, I think it's the one year where, especially the Browns, if they have the Sean Watson, all at least a capable quarterback. So, um, yeah, interesting times. And speaking of Super Bowl, um, who would be your Super Bowl matchup if you were to predict, you know, in Vegas in February, which two teams are going to be there? Oh, love it. Love that question. Um, it's difficult, and I'm trying to be unbiased. I think I'm. I'm I want to say the Cowboys, and I'll tell you why I want to say the Cowboys because I think if we get past that hump, which is losing our being one and done in the playoffs, right? We're sick of that. That's all we seem to hear. If we can get over that, I really think this team could make a deep run. And we love the media, we love the attention, we love everything that surrounds it. And I think. If if there's a chance of us to to actually win our first game of the playoffs and and we c- I see us making a deep run and we want revenge so badly from what the 49ers did to us last year in the playoffs so so badly, um so I I, I would like to say the Cowboys and from the AFC I think the Buffalo Bills they're they're doing something right now and I know I mentioned Lamar earlier Bills and Ravens would be a great matchup right now I think that would go down to the wire. But there's just something about this Bills team. I, I like that the way they're playing. Um, they're playing really physical football right now. And um, I think that Cowboys and Bills would be a great Super Bowl matchup. Um, if Bills, I think Ravens should be there from the AFC. I think they've they've looked one of the strongest there. Um, and from the NFC, I think if it's not the Cowboys, you've got to look in the 49ers direction. You'd probably be mad not to. So I know I've given four there. My dream matchup would probably be Bills and Cowboys, though. Yeah, I mean, it's the way it's going. I mean... In the AFC, I mean, as it stands, the Bills have to play the Chiefs. But then, I th- I said before, I think the Bills will beat the Chiefs, potentially. And then mm-hmm. look at that, they'll probably play the Ravens in that divisional round. So that could be a hell of a game. And then, if that goes that way, we could actually be playing, we could be playing the, the, either the Jags or the Browns in the um, World Cup round, in the divisional round, which would be yeah. a better chance you got there of making the AFC title game. But, um, yeah, interesting stuff there. And hopefully... Actually, before we go on to that, um, going for our predictions quickly, we've had um, five different five different winners in five games. So we've both gone for the Browns, Cowboys, Bills, Bears, Titans, Rams, Eagles, Bucks, 49ers, Chiefs and Packers. Whereas I've gone for the Chargers to beat the Broncos. Scott went for the Broncos. He went for the Steelers to beat the Seahawks. I went for the Seahawks. I went for the Panthers to beat the Jags. Scott went for the Jags. I went for the Colts to beat the Raiders. Scott went for the Raiders. And Scott went for the Ravens to beat the Dolphins. I went for the Dolphins to beat the Ravens. Now, we've touched a little bit on college football. Now, you've had a lot of good 
memories this year when it comes to college football. Yes. Not only the Dublin game, but also you actually got out to America, I believe it was Florida State, and got to do a lot yeah. of there. So what's that been like and experiencing that? That's been amazing. So with my role with College Football Ireland, it's communications officer. So looking after the kind of our digital side of things and on all our platforms. So feel free to call, follow us on Instagram at collegefootballireland.com. Um, uh, or sorry, follow, well, look us up on online at collegefootballireland.com and you can register your interest for the 2024 game, which is Georgia Tech and, and Florida State. And what a game that's going to be. Um, a lot of controversy with Florida State. I don't think we've enough time to get into it, mm. but there was a controversy with them being left out of the college football playoff. And, um, but you know what, Andy, being over there twice, actually, we went to Tallahassee and that Florida State team it was special. And I, I, I do feel for them because they were, it feels like they were hard done by. But, um, to get over there, just magnificent to, to, to experience a college football game and the, the sheer passion that goes into it. And you know, the tomahawk chop that we would see with the Chiefs when they do it and, um, and they go at it. Well, that was actually, originated from Florida State and they call it the war chant and when you're in a stadium with 79,000 people and they're all doing the war chant together and they're all singing in in it's it's just something really really special about it but yeah truly truly enjoying the role we had Notre Dame and Navy this year um coming to Dublin and, and that was just magnificent to be a part of um and yeah we're, we're just always looking to, to to get more fans involved with college football in particular but also broadening the sport in Ireland and it's something I'm very passionate about um and to have fan of the Premier League and you're learning the Bundesliga like it's a different landscape altogether it might be the same sport but it is different so um, it's it's a lot of fun but yeah I definitely recommend like you, if fans want to get involved like follow us on our social channels collegefootballireland.com uh, no, I keep saying .com I'm so used to saying that for the website but College Football Ireland and yeah just, just check us out and it's something we'd love to have fans over for the game in, in Dublin because it's a really unique experience it's our motto our hashtag is much more than a game because we do several events around the game. It's not just focus on the game. I mean, last year we had over 52 events. We pep rallies. We had it all. Um, and it's it's really great to be a part of. And we're getting, in my opinion, in my unbiased opinion, we've had some great teams over the years. But I think that the competitiveness from these two teams this year, Georgia Tech and Florida State, it's some of the best football, college football we've seen come to Dublin. Uh, both teams are playing in their bowl games. Georgia Tech just won their bowl game, the Gasparilla Bowl. Um and the talent is, is really, really high. And we've got the luxury as well of watching one of our very own. David Shanahan is originally from Kerry and he punts for Georgia Tech. So he's coming. It's a homecoming for him, which is really, really great to see. Um, so we're all really, really excited about it. Um, and you can sign up online for more information, I suppose, to on, on our 2024 game. But uh, yeah, great to be a part of it. And we hope to have you over for the game, Andy, as well, come August well. 24th. I mean, I've always said that if the Gators came over, I'll be there in a heartbeat. If I see the Florida Gators, well, don't say Gators to me now. No, I'm a, <laughs> Florida, I can't, can't be hearing that now after after being with the Seminoles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've always thought I will eventually go there one day. I mean, I'm planning to go to Dublin anyway if Liverpool make the Europa League final, but I'll certainly try and make it down at some point, whether it's this year, next year, Please. whatever year, and I'll hopefully link up with you in person. Absolutely, would love nothing more than that, and we can uh, we can talk about our picks here and see who was right and who was wrong with yeah. our NFL weeks yeah. <laughs> sixty seventeen picks. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it'd be great to have you over. Fantastic, yeah, I look forward to it. Um, but in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast. I have been, as ever, your host Andy Davis. This has been Scott McCabe, and we will see you guys for next week in the final week of the NFL season.